0: Freddy vs. Jason. Oh, that's a good
1: movie. Good movie for good gals. Good boys and good girls. And oh. there's some good boobs and some scared teenagers who are actually in their 30s. Where are you going? Nowhere. Don't leave. I'm not. Stop leaving
0: me. Okay.
1: Welcome to Motel Hell. No, mo, no, mo, no, mo, Motel Hell. I am Ben the Beardo. Once again, we totally did not sell Flex Alexa's dead body to buy a new mic. And sitting across from me... Is not the guy who did it. It is Dick Fetty. It is the diggest of the Fetty.
0: Dick Fetty. Dick so Fetty. And it's ready. So. Welcome to Motel Hell.
1: The podcast where we talk about things that we find interesting and... Don't care if you do or don't, because we do, and we are cool guys. Coolest. And occasionally a cool girl who's definitely not dead. So, I guess we'll start tonight off with our movie review.
0: Movie review. Movie review. So, tonight, we were going to watch Grave Encounters, but then we couldn't. So, we had to improvise, because we had no real plan... And we decided on the 1983 slasher film Sleepaway Camp. Which
1: neither of us had seen up to this point somehow.
0: Correct. So the film is by Robert Hiltzik, and it stars Felissa Rose, and a bunch of other people who I've never seen in any other films. They've probably been in some other films, right? Probably have been in some other films, but yeah. So I knew nothing about it going in. Ben had heard some things in in the past about it being inept, and and
1: yeah, I just I heard that it was it was not super good. But then again, I it was that's our bread and butter. Yeah, I mean, but it was also from a podcast that is entirely built upon uh, making fun of movies they consider shitty, but they're not a horror movie podcast. So I was pleasantly surprised with just the effects i thought they were really really good for i mean i guess it did spawn two sequels but for a movie that i'd never seen i was very surprised how good the effects were
0: yeah the effects were awesome um i mean the the killings themselves were not so brutal in terms of what they showed per se it wasn't like gore in action it was normally the death was kind of cut away from but then you saw the corpse which was always looking pretty pretty good and there were some gruesome killings. There was one by a giant pot of soup that boiled a man pretty much alive. Um, then there was the the bees nest that had an, an insane amount of bees Yeah, involved. crazy
1: amount of bees crazy. that absolutely destroyed this teenage boy. Yeah. I don't think bees can actually do that, but I mean, I guess we could talk to Nicolas Cage
0: about that. True. Yeah, so there was the bee scene, and there was... The, the brutal beating of a young boy. There was the hatcheting of several what seemed to be like ten or younger kids, I think, and all of that was off. Well, mostly off screen, but the uh, the film was really like a pretty accurate depiction of sleepaway camp and all of its raunchy silliness. And sometimes it felt like I was watching Wet Hot American Summer, but they were serious about it. And other times I was reminded of my own experiences at sleepaway camp, but. I thought that the film was, it was an interesting like the it never got scary in part because the music was like pretty mediocre, um, but the acting, all things considered, from the kids I thought was like better than the burning. Right? Yeah, you it know was,
1: it was pretty decent.
0: Yeah, but the uh, the the way they just sort of did it overall, you never really felt like you're watching a slasher. Like we knew the kills were coming, but there wasn't any. I don't know. It was weird, and I guessed. So my initial guess was half right. And then my later guess was completely wrong. Right, yeah. yeah, but um, it was it was good. The twist was was decent, and it struck
1: me as very giallo.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, very. Yeah, I would I would say that's a hundred percent. And uh, honestly, as far as going in blind to a film, which I rarely do because I hate new things and they scare me, I was pleasantly surprised by how much I liked it. And the ending was p- particularly disturbing. As far as the last shot of the film went, was, like, real fucking weird.
1: Yeah, I I also I don't know how they did that. I'd like to look into it, but that last shot... I think it was, was the scariest part of the whole movie. Because it's definitely... Yeah,
0: I think it was prosthetic. Uh,
1: there are There is one very graphic kill in it that I won't ruin, but uh, the movie really ramps up, like, crazy towards the end. Yeah, the
0: last, like, 15 minutes, kind of like, whoa... And there was also this girl with an electric complex who you never got to see naked and was the least scantily clad of them all, but she had this very trashy hotness to her. And it was funny because, of course, it's an upstate New York sleepaway camp, so it's all Italians and Jews, and, uh... Oh no, no, I, I can, I, I can say that, agree, right? Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so it was just funny, and there was a lot of Brooklyn accents and all the rest, and... I
1: feel like so many murder movies ta- at a camp take place in upstate New York. Yeah. What is going on in the forest in upstate New York? Not
0: Nothing good, according to <laughs> Hollywood. So, yeah, I, I think I would give it a solid 7 out of 10. Um, it, it would be a movie I would definitely re-watch at a horror movie marathon watching party, um... And I would recommend it to other people as, as some kind of... It's not even really trashy. It was just sort of a decent... I mean, it wasn't... I don't think it was necessarily good as a slasher per se, but I, I don't know, like, I don't
1: even. I don't even know if I... I mean, it has some slasher tropes, but I don't even know if it's a slasher movie, really. Oh, there
0: was that brutal scene with the curling iron. Yeah. I forgot about that. I mean, there was there was the POV shots, and you had... Yeah,
1: but... And, and like, you know, the killer was always just out of view, but... but I mean, during an era of, of slasher films, it wasn't very...
0: Well, and it was more giallo in the sense of you got the killer's perspective, but never his identity, where most American slashers, you know who the killer is from the get. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I liked it, and I, I'm almost interested to watch the sequels because I imagine they get just really terrible really fast. Yeah, so.
1: yeah. I, know that I know there's at least two more that I very much enjoy watching. Yeah. So anyway, our topic tonight is something that I've been wanting to do for a while.
0: Uh Let's just, before we get into it, so we were going tonight to do an interview with a friend of mine who works as a crime scene cleanup technician, I guess, for lack of a better word. Unfortunately, he's not available as he's out cleaning up crime scenes, and so we're going to try to reschedule that episode for the next one or as soon as possible, uh, so that definitely will be coming. This isn't like our Marlton Gripper episode. <laughs> um, we will be really doing this, and we're super excited about it because I don't know a lot other than the pictures I've seen that he sent me, um, and I'm really interested to hear about the best things he's done, the worst things he's done, the most fucked up things he's seen, etc., etc. So it'll be an awesome episode. We just just can't do it tonight, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, and we've we've got a we've got a good lineup coming for you. It's uh we're gonna be really hitting some strides and
0: taking some rides. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna ride this thing all the way down to the bottom. And uh, we did we did line up our next five episodes or so, and it's it's gonna be some solid gold. Get us keep us spooky through the uh, the new year.
1: And just like every good series, we are going to have a musical episode. No, absolutely not. Where we're gonna rap the whole time. We are. We're never gonna do we're that. Gonna rip, rap, <laughs> ripping and the rapping. Don't stop the crapping.
0: We're not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I refuse. I don't care for that kind of thing. But we will be returning to some topics we've talked about in our, our first 20 episodes. There's, you know, I think Mass Hysteria might be one of them, Urban Legends. I mean, there's stuff we, we've touched on that has so many different subtopics or, or you know, parts to it that we, we could just come back to. So we're hoping we can, we can come back with new energy, new facts, new interesting stuff for the listener. And like
1: we always say, if you guys have anything that you find interesting you want us to try to talk about, and uh, if we think it's cool, we'll do, and if not, we'll tell you to go shove it. Yeah. So, um, tonight's topic I find utterly terrifying, completely, just absolutely scary. I It's something I've known about for a while, and then I watched a documentary a couple of years ago with my wife called The Nightmare, mm. uh, which delves into stories of people who suffer from this, tonight we are covering sleep paralysis. Mm. Now, for those who don't know, sleep paralysis is a condition that occurs when, during awakening or while you're falling asleep, your body becomes paralyzed and your eyes are open but you have physical, audio, or visual hallucinations. Uh, People tend to suffer a lot also from very vivid, life like, dreams in and out of sleep paralysis. And I found out something very interesting in my research, which is uh, the original term for sleep paralysis, like where the word nightmare comes from, was this guy, Samuel Johnson. He had this book called Dictionary of the English Language. He coined the term nightmare, which specifically referred to sleep paralysis. It had nothing to do with just having bad dreams. It was having those open-eyed hallucinations. And I'm going to get more into it, but... It's also considered to be the thing that a lot of alien abductions and demonic possessions and supernatural spookiness in general can come from. Yeah,
0: be attributed to.
1: Exactly. So there are, like I mentioned, there's, there's two main times that you can suffer from sleep paralysis. It's either as you're falling asleep or as you're waking up. So, the
0: twilight of the mind, the
1: twilight of the mind. Mm. So while you're waking up, it's called hip, Pompic sleep paralysis. And I apologize. I'm not a doctor, mm. but I did read a lot of WebMD today. So, you know, if Basically, anybody needs me to look at their genitals, male or female, I'll do it for you. I'll tell you if you have cancer. I'll tell you if you've got a good bone to be shown. Mm. Showing the bone. So hypnopomic pompic sleep paralysis, So during sleep your body alternates between uh REM sleep, rapid eye movement sleep and uh NREM, which is non-rapid eye movement sleep. Now is
0: REMY, REMY, REM, REM, REMington sleep. Is that the is that the good sleep? Is that yeah, the that's when you're warm? dreaming
1: and that's yeah, that's when you're like in your deep most sleep.
0: Well, I thought dream sleep was different than REM sleep. I thought dream cycling was before I could
1: be wrong I'm not a doctor okay
0: but I'm pretty sure that REM sleep is like the good one the one that you're always trying to hit.
1: well for the research that I've I've done uh, apparently one cycle of REM and uh, and REM sleep lasts about
0: 90 minutes right and that's why they say if you're gonna nap you should nap for 90 minutes exactly because I think you have to get you go through like the early stages of sleep then you hit your REM sleep where you get your rest so if you wake up in an hour instead of an hour and a half, you don't ever get the good sleep. So mm-hmm. that's why you're more tired. So. Pretty sure I read that on
1: Reddit. Read that on Reddit. I've read it. Uh, Fuck you. <laughs> rem sleep occurs first and takes up about 75% of your overall sleep time. During NREM sleep, your body relaxes and, like, restores itself. hmm and at the end of N REM sleep, your body shifts into REM and your eyes start to move quickly and then dreams occur. So it is during REM sleep. Okay. I was right. Forgot my own research. I'm not a professional. I just make the funnies and talk about creepy stuff.
0: Mm. Uh,
1: so during this, your body remains rela- relaxed and your muscles are turned off essentially so while you're sleeping, you don't like get up and start punching your wife in the face and kicking the cat and mm-hmm, shit mm-hmm. Uh, or, you know, hurt yourself. And if you become aware, if you, like, kind of sort of wake up and you become aware that you're in REM sleep, uh, you can, you know, you essentially are in sleep paralysis. You start to realize that, you know, I can't move,
0: things are happening. So it's like a disconnect between your sensory intake and your physical body. Exactly. And they're still
1: not entirely sure what causes it. I briefly mentioned something in my research about, like, what might be the cause of it, but they're not entirely sure.
0: Do we know what percentage of the population suffers with it? Uh, I think it's like 20%. It's very low. That's pretty high, though. I would think 5% would be low. 20% yeah, is a pretty good amount of people.
1: Don't don't quote me on that. I write down the percentage of it. Mostly what I wanted to delve into was more of the creepy stuff. Okay. Because um, in, in the articles I read, there's a lot of... Uh, medical jargon that I didn't understand and I want to spend 45 minutes just waiting through jargon exactly Get it. and then have you been What's that mean and be like? No, mm. I don't know love that. I don't have my doctorate yet. Mm. and there's a uh, hypnogogic sleep paralysis, which is uh, As you fall asleep your body slowly relaxes and you become less aware and you don't notice the change but if you remain or become aware while you're falling asleep you may notice that you can't move or speak and this can happen to anybody It can happen to perfectly healthy people uh, a lot of what I read it's it can be very much connected to like narcolepsy So okay. people who have narcolepsy and if you don't know what that is listeners it's essentially your body has this urge that it just needs to sleep you don't necessarily fall asleep every time but you just are exhausted randomly for no
0: what's what seems like no reason I it a girl who thought she had narcolepsy, but it was actually just an opiate habit. But, nice. Yeah.
1: <laughs> You're real tired all the time. What's that in your arm? Oh, it's nothing. It's just... Sleep, it's, sleep it's, juice. It's, it's my sleep juice. It's so <laughs> tired. Kissed up, sleeping. Kissed up. Pretty I bl- much. In, in our area, we, we call that the uh, Philly headbang. Is that what we yeah. call it? Yeah. Not yeah. out The Philly headbang. Really? Probably not, but it
0: sounds good. Yeah, that does sound good. It's also very depressing. (laughs) But it should be what it's called. The Camden Snore Time. No, that's less fun.
1: (laughs) So, yeah, it can happen a lot with people with narcolepsy. Um, It can also be triggered by sleep deprivation, psychological stress, and abnormal sleep cycles. Once again, I'm absolutely terrified to experience this. And, uh... If anybody who knows me listening They know that I don't sleep very well I usually don't sleep much I do know that And it's awful Yeah,
0: yeah, it's it's funny Well, I've never experienced sleep paralysis But I've experienced Intentionally things quite similar But we'll get to that
1: So have I Mm. And I will actually bring up some experiences I've had too Mm. Because I find some of them interesting So like I said, they don't really know what causes it, but they believe it's some kind of dysfunction between your brain and your body during REM sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, now, there has been like some quote-unquote treatment. There's no way to cure it. There are people who experience it a few times in their life. There are people who experience it every, every night. Yeah, Every night. And some of their stories are absolutely terrifying. I do have some stories that we're going to go over in here just because I found some of them both interesting and funny. So, really the best treatment for this is to just get better sleep habits. Uh, More serious people, like more serious cases, people who have this really badly uh, can use uh, SSRIs to kind of treat it. Now, if you're... If you if you do suffer from sleep paralysis, I'm not going to tell you to go buy SSRIs off the street. Talk to your doctor. Um, there have been trials of certain drugs in uh, other c- countries. Two of them, two trials of GHB have been tried. Really? Mm-hmm. Has it been? Uh, has the GHB been successful? Sort of. Uh, cognitive uh, behavior therapy is also another one that they've kind of tried to use to treat it. And, uh, it's like psychoeducation and modifying, uh, catastrophic cognitions about the sleep paralysis. So pretty much trying to psych yourself out while you're in it, like trying to tell yourself like this isn't happening, which I think there is some credence to, because I have heard some stories where people have been in the middle of it and started praying and it stopped. Hmm. And then, uh, meditation is a good way to fight it, apparently. Really? Which I found very interesting. Yeah. So, as far as what people experience, uh, they experience physical hallucination, so they can feel, like, tingly or electricity, stuff like that going through their body. Um, What's very common is to feel it starting from your feet and then kind of, like, work its way up. Okay. As you awake, Uh, some people feel like they're being electrocuted. Uh, Physical touch is a thing that people felt uh, there was in the night. I
0: remember touch. Yeah. Is it like that? No. Well, it's like the beginning of that song where it's like, touch,
1: I remember. (laughs) Nice. But it usually doesn't end uh, very nice. No, no. not nice. Okay. In uh, the documentary, The Nightmare, there was one gentleman who discussed how he had had this terrible nightmare and then he woke up and saw this like metal mechanical arm over his bed and started digging into his body and he could feel like it ripping out his organs and shit okay. which sounds awful yeah that does
0: sound pretty bad
1: and uh, some people also uh, have experienced the sensation of sexual arousal and rape
0: really? by these
1: entities Yeah, that's it's, terrifying yeah which is really awful but like you, you can feel like physicality things of it And there are very common things that people visually hallucinate, uh, which we will get to. So one of the things I find most interesting about this is there is very common things that people hallucinate throughout the world. It's not just people here, it's everywhere. Albeit, and I'll get to it, there are different explanations, supernatural explanations for it in different cultures. But one of the main ones is the old hag, which is where like the stories of incubi and succubi come from. Okay. Where you'll see this old woman, and she'll be like sitting on your chest or pressing down on your chest, holding you down,
0: uh, strangling you. So it's not like a hot Morgan Aslan type of succubus who's all like big titted and like I'm gonna suck your. No, beard it's
1: ass- it's more like the scene in The Shining where uh, like you're hugging a pretty lady, and then she comes out all gross and nasty. Turns into a- Dirty tub lady. Yeah, dirty tub lady. i hop on you, touching on you, squeezing your neck. I don't consent to that. Yeah, could you imagine if you sh- like you at the same time had a wet dream while that was happening and shot goo? Yeah, that and would the fuck only you way, up. yeah, you just have you to up. pay old senile women to hold you down while you just have to work in a retirement home.
0: That <laughs> we don't condone elder abuse here, but I'm just saying that is a way.
1: <laughs> I mean, to be fair. And according to my grandmother, boning is rampant in retirement homes.
0: Yeah, but I think they bone each other, not the... Well, I know the techs forcibly bone the old people. From I'm
1: sure time occasionally time. they're like, Come here, Sonny, let
0: me get that He's young like, dick. Oh, yeah, this G-milf is all over like, my I want to get
1: some of that young meat. Uh, I'll give you a gummy. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: succubi. Hmm.
1: So, yeah, and that can actually depend on your gender. So if you're a man, you will you can see a woman. It, not always. It kind of it's all over the place. But um, sometimes it can depend on your gender, whether or not you'll see an incubus or a succubus on top of you, whether it be an old man or an old woman. Albeit, I feel like an old man would be worse. Yeah, absolutely would be worse. So during that phenomenon, a lot of people will feel like there's, their life force is being sucked out of them as they're being choked and stuff. Wow, sounds like bad sex. Am I right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I got a little thing um, about kind of like just into the background of like the Succubus. And they're often associated with Lilith. If you know who Lilith is, she was the original Eve, so to speak. Not the first one. We're not going to get into it. She was like... Uh,
0: watch Neon Genesis Evangelion yeah. if you want to know She liked to fuck
1: and she liked to be on top and Adam didn't like it. So he was like, God, kick this bitch out. So she got kicked out of Eden and banged a bunch of fucking demons. Yeah and because of her transgression so god created created the, the uh, lilium
0: yeah god created the perfect woman and adam was like uh i'm not into it and uh a lot of scholars who don't
1: believe in all this demon jargon also think that uh this whole idea of a succubus and an incubus could also come from explaining outside of marriage pregnancies so if you're way fucking somebody else you know you just can't you know you don't have any proof of it. you're like it's a fucking demon been banging my wife, filled it with a baby. We're going to eat that
0: baby. Yeah. And, of course, all ancient people are Southern. <laughs> well, everybody knows that people from Mesopotamia sound like this. I mean, when they come a-coming in my wheat fields to my wife, them incubi coming around incubi, with their, with their horns by. and their basketballs, I just, I just don't know.
1: I just don't know anymore. So, over years, there's been, like, a d- bunch of different names and descriptions for this, like, one particular entity that people see. Old Granny Grands. Old Granny Grand. Gumster. But, like, the main thing that is common with, like, the old hag visage... Yeah. Uh, is that the old hag visitor? It sits on your ch- <laughs> Yeah, it sits on your chest, or like ho- f- you feel this unbearable pressure mm. on your body, like something's pushing you down,
0: like a sack of rocks just weighing you down to all the way down to the all the way diddy
1: down of, depths of hell. I just find that really interesting because if you look at old. Like old paintings, like the old school paintings of the old school, the classic paintings of like incubus and succubus. It's always this like little thing being like meow, meow, yeah. sitting on your chest. There's also like stories of like demonic cats coming and sitting on you, which wow. is kind of oh. wow, me
0: so wild. wow,
1: wow, uh, wow, sucking out your breath and shit. Mm, and uh, that's Live partially it. where the idea that a cat is going to steal your baby's breath comes from. That is classic cat move. Classic cat move. Oh. <sighs> So, uh, one of the other common ones is also like ghosts and shadow people. Shadow
0: people is probably the most common. Mm, classic shadow people.
1: Classic.
0: I've seen shadow people a bunch of times, but I'll get into that. Yeah,
1: it's they're scary. Yeah. They're scary. It's mostly when you have done drugs for way too many days in a row. So, usually victims who are suffering this particular part of the phenomenon feel pressure on their chest before the shadow demon ever shows up.
0: So, or the, it's like the, the, the shadow precursor. Person. It's like the... the, the water ripples of the t-rex pre-t-rex except for its pressure on your chest and then you see shadow people mm-hmm. okay and yeah exactly can you we see... frame most of this in a in a jurassic park friendly way
1: yeah sure hold on let me let me um so usually what'll happen is the shadow person will come in and it'll lay its Dino. dinosaur bones Dino on Dino your chest dna <laughs> Dino dna <laughs> See, nobody cares. Yeah, nobody cares. Nobody cares. (laughs) It'll lay its hand on your chest. That that was a reference to Jurassic Park for those who haven't seen it. Uh, If they haven't seen it, I don't know what they're doing. Listen to this podcast. So, and this one can be, like, shadow people is very, very common. And usually, not usually, but a lot of the time, if you see a shadow person, it's something that's going to happen again and again. Mm. And there are people who believe that they, they experience this so much that you're, you know, probably from, like, lack of actual rest and everything, and just you seeing this shit every night, that you actually, like, believe this shit is real, yeah. and that it's actually happening.
0: Well, I mean, it is real as far as, like, if you experience it, then it's real to your mind. It's basically like if you fart in the Matrix, you f- you smell it in real life. Yeah. You're really trying to push that. That's Did you a, read that, that was, somewhere? No, I, we were watching the Matrix, and that was the joke I made, and I was dying, and Alexa was like, that's not that funny. And then I texted it to you so that you would know how hilarious I am. And then I saved it in my phone.
1: Yeah, Dick Fetty's brought this up now. <laughs> this is the fourth time he's brought it up. The last time it was out of nowhere. Yeah, He was just muttering to himself. He was like, fart in
0: matrix It smells in the real world. Look, I just, you know, I, I want our listeners to be woke as possible. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike these sleeper paralysis people paralysis um so along with shadow people there's also
1: a very common one that people see referred to as the hat man mm. uh, he's also called the yeah. gray man or the shadow man and this is this is so good he wears a wide brimmed hat and a duster coat sorry he's slender man with a bigger coat no he's like the dark cowboy mm. and so this is the precursor to the dark tower Exactly. Okay. It, it he is the Dark Tower. Okay. So that's
0: what that book's about. the yeah. Guy
1: who's real tall.
0: Hmm. Okay.
1: And a lot of people think that because that one is so specific mm-hmm. that it's real mm-hmm. because it's because it is it's very specific. Albeit we do have a lot of archaic fears
0: which can be combined into this, especially yeah, I think it's like social, a figure
1: that you can't see and stuff like that. Social
0: delusion and subconscious, uh, like you know, there's a subconscious something or other
1: right and a, lo- a lot of the time he- he'll be seen leading other shadow people mm-hmm. and stuff and occasionally
0: they'll want to try to like possess you they'll talk about possessing you and things like that is he essentially like the cowboy version of Nyarlathotep hotep from hb lovecraft kind of yeah okay yeah leads deep you, cut leads you into the charnel void and such yeah yeah
1: I'll lead you into the charnel void. Right. I bet you
0: will. I a hot butthole. and spicy. Yeah, that, <laughs> that is what I should call my butthole from now on. The charnel void. The charnel void. The void of no return? No. Definitely not. It's a no-go zone. No fun fest. So
1: the the second to last one we have on here is alien abductions, which are much more common, as we talked about in our alien episode, seeing aliens is much more common in North America than it is anywhere else during sleep paralysis. Is there any any reason for that? Um, I don't know. We Maybe love... it's, it, it could be the fact... So, in this article I read, I don't know how uh, scholarly it is, it's, let's say. Where'd you get it from? I don't remember. Okay. I read a bunch of stuff and just kind of put it all together. Okay. Best I could. But apparently, the the sightings of aliens didn't really start happening until, like, the UFO craze. So it could possibly because we had Roswell. Collective unconscious. That's yeah. the term I was trying to think of. Collective but conscious. Yeah. So,
0: so post-Roswell era, you've got this. I think also you got to blame the X-Files. Because if it wasn't for the X-Files, we wouldn't even have aliens. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I've never heard of any
1: alien-esque ones and all the stories I've read about them being like in the 1800s, 1700s, 1600s, you know what I mean? Well, they would have called them demons. Right, so it, but these look very specifically alien. Okay. Uh, and, you know, just doing our, recently having our alien episode, it does make a lot of sense and did we mention sleep paralysis
0: on our uh, I don't think so. I think we talked about it as a, an explanation for it being underlying trauma that's turned into that. Okay. But yeah, no, I read the same thing as part of my research for that episode. And it's interesting. It's interesting because sleep paralysis is one of those things where to me, it's just, it would be, it's hard for me to imagine living with it. Like I said, you know, I've had experiences that sort of resemble it, but like I knew I was, had done certain things to bring me to that place. And I can't imagine for somebody who goes through this, especially if it was a particularly traumatic, like if you get like sleep paralysis raped, uh, that would like fuck you up I think. And how do you conscious like or how do you process like a semi conscious vision experience, you know? Yeah. But I do think that the collective unconscious plays a part in most of these types of things when it comes to people having experiences that seem real but don't jive with, you know, most other people's reality and you know the images that we get are born from like primal fears and the culture that we live in and all the rest so in an alien infested culture as far as like aliens are a part of like American pop culture, North American pop culture, like Western too, but especially North America. Much more
1: North yeah. America. Like we, we have, have a
0: mo- We have Independence Day. Yeah, you know,
1: we have much more alien invasion movies than I think any other countries ever produced. Yeah,
0: I'm sure. Combined and, and um, you know, so it doesn't shock me to hear that as a sort of outgrowth of this in in this condition, like a you know area specific problem.
1: Yeah, and like I said, you there's also a lot of the times very vivid dreams that come along with it okay so you could be about to go into like a dream state and you could be in sleep paralysis hallucinating these things coming in to take you and you can't move which is very common in alien abduction stories yeah and then falling back into full sleep And that carries over to your full-on closed dream, closed-eyed
0: dream. Or the other way around, where you're dreaming and then you come out of your dream, but you're paralyzed and see things that were in your dream. Exactly. So,
1: it's very... The main things that you draw from this is that, you know, a lot of the time, the victim, the sufferer, feels like a menacing presence, weight on their chest, some kind of heaviness on their head. There's... A presence that manifests itself, whether it be an alien or a demon or a ghost, and it slowly, slowly comes to get you and gonna get all your good little bits. And I'm um, shadow person.
0: Or well, Gary the ghoul. No, you never see Gary. No. Oh God, I would love. <laughs> Could you imagine? Hi guys, I'm Gary. But he's just
1: terrifying. <laughs> looking. Yeah. Just... yeah
0: just a real fucking horror show it is just like
1: hello i'm gary the ghoul
0: is there any you said you said the audio hallucination can be part of this yes is there do you know if that's a regular part of it or if is that less common cuz from what i've read it, it seems is
1: quite regular
0: oh okay cuz what i have read definitely indicates i like call the visual hallucination yeah, there
1: are there are ones that you don't even see an entity it's just like lights and like strange movements and everything there are really extreme hallucinations that
0: people have had where like they fucking just pretty much like being on a drug trip. Has anybody ever used this as a, a defense and a murder killed their spouse and said, oh, I was having sleep paralysis and I finally came out of it. And I, I thought my doubt it, but demon. I
1: guarantee I'm almost a hundred percent sure someone's used sleepwalking as one.
0: Oh no, they definitely have the old sleepwalking
1: defense. Cause I, cause the, the whole thing is like, you can't move. And some of the stories I've listened to and read is I just can't imagine because you're lying there next to somebody and all you want is for them to wake you up and you can't move or speak or do anything. And there's mm-hmm. this thing coming up to your ear and it's like, I'm going to put my fingers in your butt. And you're like, I don't want your fingers in my butt, man. Absolutely. Please go away. Yeah. Unless it was Gary the Ghoul. Some of them I read are actually kind of funny and I'll get to that later. But So the final one, uh, although it's much more rare, is that... You have a full-on spiritual experience when you're suffering from sleep paralysis. So, um, some people actually try to induce it for a spiritual or a paranormal experience. Okay. uh, Which... Sounds weird. Yeah, it sounds weird, but, you know, with all the stuff we read about, it's not that weird
0: yeah well, it's it almost sounds like a, a, just an alternative version of trying to like actively trying to waking uh, what do they call it lucid dream yeah well, I mean it's also
1: kind of like from beyond, right? So like when you're dreaming, you can tap into that other world mm-hmm. uh, there's I know you didn't like it, but insidious is very much in that vein where you kind of dream walk or have an out uh, out of body experience all that shit. And you're able to tap into this, like, the nether, this other realm. Mm-hmm. The old dream bone. The old dreamy bony bone. So, like I mentioned, there is stories... This affects everybody worldwide. So each culture has a different view of what entity or whatever causes it. And there... I have about, like... Five pages or so. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go into all of them. I'm just going to find the like, read a few of them. Uh, if you want to go more deep into them, it's very interesting, especially to see something that I love is seeing supernatural creatures and monsters and stuff from other cultures. Uh, Scandinavian folklore, for instance. Sleep is called... Uh, sleep paralysis is caused by a mare. Nightmare root word. Okay. A, which is a supernatural creature which is related to the Incubi or the Succubi. And the mayor is a damned woman who is cursed, and her body is carried mysteriously during sleep and without her noticing. In this state, she visits villagers to sit on their rib cages while they're asleep, causing them to experience nightmares. Uh, and there is a Swedish film, Marianne, which examines the folklore surrounding that. Hmm. And like I said, there's also a very good documentary called The Nightmare. It's on Netflix, so if you have Netflix, you can watch it for free watch it with somebody because it scared the shit out of me more so than most stuff because sleep paralysis is, is real. Yeah. And one of the guys, one of the first guys that they interview mentions like, yeah, I'd never heard about it and then my girlfriend told me about it and that night I had sleep paralysis and it was fucking terrifying and I was like, no, no. I'm like looking over at Mariah I'm like, I'm going to watch so much goddamn Adventure Time
0: after we watch this shit. It's Just fucking Jake the dog comes over and like shoves his big yellow putt in your face. You're like, this isn't what I wanted. <laughs> this isn't
1: what I meant. Come on, grab your friends. got gonna <laughs> go to very distant lands.
0: We'll take the dog.
1: It's it, 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 it. <laughs> Fun so will never end. The fun will never end. <laughs> It'll never end. So in Japanese culture, sleep ben, paralysis. The fun will never end. It will never end. It will never end. Oh, by the way, these experiences are short. I kind of skipped that a little bit, but they only last like ten. 20 minutes. Mm. It's not like for like an hour you're in. Like a
0: real good blowy. Yeah. Like you're just like,
1: oh, fuck. Yeah. It, you know, like when you just. You're hitting your dick in the fridge door real. Yeah. Real good. Yeah. You, okay. Yeah. We're on the same
0: page? Yeah. It's
1: nice. Oh, uh, yeah.
0: I mostly use the toilet seat, but I got what you mean.
1: Too tall for it. Don't want to get on my knees. Bad knees. Love it on the knees. Bad knees. Love it. Gotta have a real thick carpet. You know yeah. what I'm saying? A real shag.
0: Plush. little shag rug. Yeah. I wanna, Red I wanna, dub.
1: I wanna drop my wallet and lose it. That's how thick the carpet is. What are we talking about? My bush. Your sounds bush sounds like. No, we all know. All the fans know you keep it nice and trim. You got do. that hardwood look. Yeah. You know. Call me. You rip up that carpet. Doctor office cock. Doctor office cock. <laughs> Doctor octocock. Yeah. I've got eight cocks. Doctor dicks a lot. You got a lot of PhDs. Thank you. So, in Japanese culture, sleep paralysis is referred to
0: as kanashibara. Oh, there's a a Dark Ambient project called that. Do you want to talk about it a little bit? I don't know it that well. Fair
1: enough. Which translates to bound or fastened in metal. Mm. And uh, I'm not going to go into the etymology of that. But um, it's occasionally used by English-speaking authors to... Refer to the phenomenon both in a- academic papers and in pop psych literature. Uh, in Korean culture, sleep paralysis is called Gawi Nulim, which means being pressed down by something
0: scary in a dream, which is <laughs> pretty literal. Yeah, pretty long, well, though. Let's not gussy it up. It's It's being pushed down by something scary in a dream. Oh, yeah, no, that happens to me and my dog all the time. <laughs> Uh, so I'll do one, I guess I could do one from a couple
1: countries each, let's say. Uh, there's Fiji. Uh, this ex- experience is interpreted as kana tevoro, which means being eaten by a demon. And in many cases, the demon can be the spirit of a recently dead relative who has come back for some unfinished business, or has come to communicate in some way or some... You know, wants to give you some important news or some shit Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to some living person. And often persons sleeping near the afflicted person say, Connie, which means eat, eat. So as you're having this, and you'll see this demon coming at you, you got your buddy sleeping next to you going, eat him, eat him, eat him,
0: which is horrifying. Yeah. I just want to, quick side note. So I was actually thinking of the dark ambient group Satori which is means enlightenment they have an album called kana shibari which is about sleep paralysis and released on the japanese power electronics and harsh noise label dogma chase so check that out i don't know if it's any good never heard it i'm pretty limited on my dark ambient intake but that's where my brain went
1: maybe we will have to
0: change that
1: so in egypt it's believed that in an evil African queen's ghost uh, will haunt you, and uh, you have to get some guardian spirits. Otherwise, it's going to keep coming at you. Heard it. So Europe, it's a lot of fairy stuff of and witches it. and wraiths, and you know a lot of European stuff. So One ring to rule them all, and
0: in the darkness, sleep paralyze them. Sleep paralyze them. Is that is that is that? I feel like that should be oh, paralyzed, That would be the verb.
1: Mm-hmm. To paralyze them. So, uh, one of my favorite ones in all of this, and this is going to be the last one, and then we'll get to s- some city, city stories. Uh, in Brazil, there's a legend about a mythological being called the Pisadira. D- Pisa Pisadira. Pisadida, Which translates to she who steps. And <laughs> she is described as a tall, skinny old woman with long, dirty nails. Oh. And dried toes. I, I thought she was going to be like a really good dancer. No, no. <laughs> She's got white tangled hair, a long nose, staring red eyes, and greenish, greenish teeth, and an evil laugh. And she lives over the r- rooftops, waiting to step on the chest of those who sleep
0: with a full stomach. That's horrible. Right? So, the thing that I, I want to point out for our listeners is that. These are folk legends. Like, these are explanations for something that happened to enough people from these cultures that they have an entire folk legend about it, which is fucking terrifying. If I saw She Who Steps, I would be He Who Shits, because I would not like that. That would be very scary to me. Dude,
1: most of these stories I've read are just awful.
0: Yeah. They're so bad. Okay.
1: So now I'm going to get to the stories. I pulled these from a bunch of different articles. A lot of them were pulled from like places like Reddit and just... Faceless forums, essentially, where no one's giving their name or anything, which I agree with if I had found any names in this I wasn't gonna give them out anyway, mm. because these are people who are truly suffering from this shit Or writing some creepy creepypastas for karma. Yeah, probably not though. Yeah One or two. I thought found... no, I'm not even gonna get into it. So this is the first one I'm 42 and first had a nightmare about a terrifying witch at the age of 16 She kneels on my chest and stares into my face, slowly getting nearer and nearer. Mm. I am completely terrified. She wears a black cloak and a hood. Her face is like a witch and evil generates from her, surrounds me from her. Other times, I can be lying on my stomach and she will creep her hand up my back back of my head and down my face and hook her fingers under my top teeth and pull my head back. What the fuck? I know. That's... I don't like that. The worst part about it is this is full body like hallucinations you feel it yeah no i get it i get it other times she will bite sit on the bed knock the door call my name and generally scare the crap out of me so it sounds like this guy just experiences the same thing over and over again which i feel like is almost even worse yeah than just having a bunch of different ones yeah because you have a bunch of different ones you're like that's just sleep paralysis look at all the variety but after like the 500th time of you seeing this bitch you're like her name is Stacy, she's not very nice, and she lives in my closet. And she's real. She's real to me, babe. So, then I found this other one. This person describes three different events. They've only apparently ever had three at the time of writing this. Mm. Uh, one was, I saw a cat-sized shadow creature, which is both scary, but also kind of funny to think about, like, a little shadow man, like, running around. Kind of like, a uh, Katamari from Katamari domicy that's good but I was gonna go with the little ashes from Army of Darkness. Okay. Like, ah! Never seen it, but... You know, oh, man, we, we should watch that. It's good. It's real good. So, yeah, they crawled up the sheets, sat on her chest. She felt, un- I don't know why I'm assuming it's she. They felt uncomfortable. And another time, they saw a shadow person walking around the room and then disappearing behind their open door and that was apparently the scariest one. But, and this is a direct quote, this was the best. This one was the best. I saw a couple of surreal-looking penguins walking around my bedroom. It was amusing and funny. So they're not always terrible, because, like, I mean, I feel like if it's dark and you just see giant penguins, I don't know, I still think that's kind of fucking terrifying, unless you just hear, and they do, like, one of those penguin falls that you see in those funny penguin videos. You know?
0: It's a good thing they're so fluffy, because they fall on rocks a lot. Yeah, they really do.
1: And here's a longer story. Mm. So I'm in my early 20s, and I used to have mild hallucinations when waking up without the use of an alarm and being unable to move. This was years ago, and it really never bothered me, but it happened this morning, which was kind of my fault. So I hung a jacket from the hood of a closet door on the way in front of me the night before, so hung a, he, hung a, he hung a fucking jacket from his closet door on his way to bed. I got it. Yeah, I'm trying to bring it home for the listener. <laughs> and when he woke up, he saw a woman standing there with the jacket on her and her back turned, saying, Somehow I assumed someone I knew was laying in bed beside me. I don't know who. So I was trying to yell to the person beside me. Then slowly the woman turned so I could see her from the side. And it was my cousin who died last year and was just staring at the mirror on the door. At this point, I'm losing my shit, but I can't seem to yell out. Then all of a sudden, I regain movement and end up yelling, You see her? Right? Right? What the fuck is happening? I turn, and there's just a blanket lying across me, and the jacket is right where I left it on the closet door, and I'm still
0: freaked out. So, yikes. Would be my technical (laughs) diagnosis on that one. So... As part of the paralysis, you can't normally speak, I would assume. No. Your vocal cords are paralyzed as well.
1: Yeah, I've, I've read some stuff where people can kind of, like, whimper a little bit, but, like, oh. you can't, like,
0: oh.
1: articulate. So, yeah, you can't move, you can't speak, you're completely helpless. On top of the fact that you're feeling pressure pushing down on you, which makes me think of smoking salvia, because I this whole thing kind of reminds me of salvia. Okay. But I'll, I guess we'll get to that at pretty, the end of the episode. Yeah, pretty quickly. So, second to last one. Sleep paralysis started when I was seven, and it was scary. I remember the walls shaking and ringing in my ears, going through a tunnel. This continued into my teens, and sometimes I felt I was battling entire groups of demons that spoke strange languages. Then I explored lucid dreaming and following my spirit guides until they became unpredictable and began biting me and being evil in general. Which, gotta get you better spiritual guides, man. Those are terrible spiritual guides. One, number one rule about finding a spiritual guide, don't find one that bites you.
0: Yeah. Second, second rule of Fight Club, don't get a spiritual guide that bites you.
1: I never, I wish I could lucid dream. Apparently people who play video games have an easier time lucid dreaming. Never had it happen to me. Well, no, that's not true. I'll talk about that one scary dream when we get to the end of these stories, but. This one uh, gets kind of fun. So, then, in my late 20s, I discovered that I could have sex with the beings. Hmm. Yeah. I know what you're thinking. That is disgusting. I would move my hand in my private area and have an orgasm by myself without ever touching myself. Strictly in my head. Three exclamation points. This person, who well, I'm assuming is a woman, exclaims that uh, this makes the paralysis enjoyable. So, anyone out there... Try fucking them. Yeah, try fucking
0: the spooky demon. That would be top, top on my list. Yeah.
1: You know, that should have been in the treatments that I read about. Try fucking the demon. Fuck your ghost. Fuck your ghost. Fuck your alien. Fuck your old hag. Ah, I don't like this. Yeah, that's right, bitch, take it. (laughs) We're all... (laughs) Hi, I'm Gary. Would you like a handy (laughs)
0: dandy? (laughs) Come here, Gary.
1: You're not getting away easy tonight?
0: Oh, no! Would I'm... you like
1: a dry one or an extra dry one? No,
0: Gary's goopy. <laughs> Gary can be dry if you wants. Oh, Gary, come here and give me a handy. All so... right. <laughs> You're feeling pretty chapped today. Shut up, Gary.
1: <laughs> Just,
0: how's your sleep paralysis going? I
1: guess not good since <laughs> Gary's here. Shut up, Gary.
0: You fuck.
1: I brought the penguins.
0: (laughs) Cool. (laughs) Fucking hard as hell. I don't know if Gary the ghoul was going to whack me. Because, you know, I still am picturing fucking uh, lurking fear. I mean, that is Gary to me. Yeah. Yeah. Gary is the lurking fear. And I imagine his long spindly arm and his big old fingers just wrapped around my throbbing member he's choking
1: you with a coat hanger while he's jerking you yeah. off I'm
0: Gary I'm like Gary you can get oh, it oh
1: yo do you think like like completely handless autoerotic asphyxiation cause right like a lot of them choke you and if mm-hmm. you can fuck them and mm-hmm. you just feel like you're being choked well it's not autoerotic it's just erotic cause somebody else is choking you Well, not technically, because no one else is actually in the room. Yeah,
0: okay, so I guess you could say your mind is the culprit, so it would probably still... But it would be... That skirts the line. I like it, though. I like where your head's at.
1: If any of our listeners have ever experienced fucking their sleep paralysis demons,
0: please write us at motelhellpodcast at
1: gmail.com.
0: DM us. We will tell your stories. Call us. Please. I want to know about it. We we don't have to use your name, your gender, or anything, but I want to know... About fucking sleep demons. Mm. That's hot. Which leads me to believe, I, we covered uh,
1: like a bunch of ghost fucking stuff on older episodes, and then, did we cover the one recently where the woman was trying to have a baby with a ghost? No. She's probably just having sleep paralysis. Probably. And then her boyfriend broke up with her because he found out that he came home and she was banging a ghost. She was probably just sitting there all like, <laughs> oh,
0: oh, oh. And
1: he was like, yo, yeah, this bitch is crazy, I'm out. <laughs> Steve, don't leave. I know you and Gary were best friends, but your girl is just so tight. Oh, yeah,
0: Steve. Got a good one here. Why do you think she's always goopy? It's
1: me, Gary Gary. the Cool.
0: Dude, Gary gets around.
1: Gary's the man. Yeah. Guys, if you want shirts, let us know, because they're gonna have Gary on them.
0: That would be the coolest. We need to get Dylan on that.
1: Oh, my God, you're right. Yeah,
0: you guys... So, Dylan Coverdale is a buddy of ours. He did artwork for Motel Hell right when we were first starting. Yeah, really it's, on, cool. it's on the Instagram. Yeah, it's on the Instagram. It's uh, wolves eating a corpse, and it says Motel Hell. It's got way more colors than I would ever think you could put in a gory image. It's really fantastic. He's a he's a really excellent artist, and you should check out his Instagram at dylancoverdaleart.com or .gram, whatever. It's I'll, on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dylan yeah, Coverdale gra- Art. Gra- gra- but, uh, yeah, I think we know what our next uh, request is going to have to be, is Gary the Ghoul in a fun design that we could slap on a T-shirt and then just wear it forever. I know what we're all getting
1: for Christmas.
0: Yeah. Gary. Gary's here, guys.
1: <laughs> so, last story, and then we'll get on to some of our own private stories with nightmares and Drugs. drug experiences. <laughs> so... It happened once in my sister's room. I was lying on my back. What are you doing sleeping in your sister's room? I've read a different story. Uh, I was lying on my back and noticed a dark figure jumping from wall to wall. It was his sister. (laughs) Alone, it wasn't the most terrifying experience. I have sleep paralysis often, so I didn't even bother telling anyone else. The next week, I was sitting at the table with my sister, and she told me she had a weird dream her first time with sleep paralysis and described the exact figure in detail. So why is he sleeping with his sister in his sister's room? I don't know. Maybe they're fucking. I'm not here to judge. True. Sometimes I don't turn off the sound for sister brother fucking porn.
0: Yeah. And I will say that one time I got shit house hammered. My sister wasn't home, but her room was less hot than mine, neither of which had air conditioning. So I fell asleep in her room. And that was when my dad finally saw my tattoo and was like, what the heck? And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. He was like, your back's covered in a tattoo. And I was like, no, this it's not. This is Magic
1: marker. Yeah, I was like, no,
0: it's not. I was like, somebody drew it on me. He's like, yeah, okay. I was like, well, don't tell mom. <laughs> and he didn't. So, thanks, Dad. Thanks, Dad. I've
1: slept in your sister's room. Yeah, you have. Yeah. So, that essentially wraps up all of the actual concrete scholarly information about it.
0: True. And I know that... Or, my guess is... Part of the reason we did this episode is because you just recently had an experience with sleep paralysis. Is that correct? Uh, well, I had one a few months ago. I
1: thought you had one just the other day. Did I tell you about something that happened? Maybe. No. Okay. No. Well, I've... Okay, so... I wanted to do this one for a while because I know people have suffered from it. I've had really weird dream experiences. Okay. When I was younger, I... Lucid dreamed and didn't know it was a dream, and that kind of kicked it off for a little while, and it was absolutely terrifying because I, I, in the dream, I woke up thinking that I was awakened in, in the the real world. Yeah, what even is that though, bro? Right, and I, what is real? Only what we perceive. Yeah, if you fart in the Matrix, <laughs> if you nut in the girl, on, if you nut in a girl in the Matrix, does she get pregnant in the real world? Which also opened up a discussion after I told this to Dick Fetty of how they handle babies in The Matrix. But we're not going to get into that. Yeah. So I woke up in the, in this dream, so to speak, and I walked downstairs. It's daylight. It's morning. So I'm thinking... Going to school. Going to school. No, it was actually a weekend. Mm. So I weekend. walked downstairs and my brother's sitting there with a girl who he hadn't dated in years So, I'm asking him, I'm like, Josh, what's going on? You don't date this girl anymore. And he's like, what are you talking about? We've always been together. So, I get freaked out and I try to wake myself up. And then, I wake up again in my bed. I'm like, that was weird. Walk back downstairs. There's monsters all over my living room. Oh. And I'm punching myself in the chest. I'm trying to scream to wake myself up. Uh, Years later, which might be getting a bit personal for the podcast, but... I used to have a very deep-seated fear of the dark, mm. like really bad. I slept with a light on into like high school, mm. and the more I think about it, the more I think it, it was just sleep paralysis, because I I woke up and I felt really weird, and I tend to toss and turn during the night, and I didn't turn myself; I just rolled over, like I didn't consciously do it. Mm and standing there was my mom in a nightgown, this is when I was still living with my parents and I was much younger, she was standing there in a nightgown and I thought to myself I was like, What's, why is mom in my room and, but she was all white like a ghost mm-hmm. like very like Hollywood movie ghost type shit and she went to turn and her eyes rolled back and obviously you guys can't see this because it's an audio podcast not a video cast, a vodcast she, like, rolled her eyes back, tilted her head back, and went to turn and just dissolved. And just utter fucking terror. Did you not? Dude, so hard. No, let's not. Yeah. My mom's never going to listen to this podcast, but still. But still, yeah. So, and then I've had, like, other little experiences where I've had out-of-body experiences mm. where I've been looking down at myself, watching myself sleep. Uh, I've had experiences where I've woken up and I've seen like a dark shadowy figure sleeping next to me. I don't really I've never had anything too extreme. Hopefully I never will. I very rarely get nightmares and I think it's partially in due to the fact that we intake so much horror here on Motel Hell. Like True. everything I enjoy is horror for the most part Yeah. outside of Doctor Who mm. and sci-fi. Mm. But I don't have nightmares anymore, but when I do, they're very vivid, and I wake up freaking out. They're also kind of strange, but, like I said, salvia's probably the closest thing I've ever had to, like, true utter sleep paralysis, because you have that feeling of something pulling your soul out of your body, and you feel all this pressure on your chest, and you completely disassociate, and I know we're gonna get into some DMX, uh, DMX, woof, 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 but, DSM stories... Drop,
0: sleep paralysis, don't stop.
1: (laughs) Whoa, Whoa. demons,
0: (laughs) oh. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Gotta get that succubus, oh. Yeah.
1: So believe it or not, and I think I told, I don't know if I told you this story. Okay. The way I beat my fear of the dark was when I was well into my drug addiction many years before I'd sobered up and stopped doing drugs. I had a really weird night in which... My friends were taking triple C's in my the parking lot of where my parents live, and I was trying to get some nookie with this girl for the first time, and they kept calling me. I remember all this. And essentially, I did like a really scumbag thing. She left, and I called my ex. I hung out with her for a while, tripping nuts, and was just like, just take me home. And I got home, and I was like, I'm fucking done with this. And I closed my bedroom door, turned off all the lights, and sat in the dark all night with no music nothing just sat there staring into the darkness for hours and now I can't even sleep if any light touches my face Mm. feel that and you were gonna go into some experiences you've had on on some substances
0: yeah that's accurate so we touched on it last episode last BDM FT when I talked about DXM a little bit I've talked about it on the show before so it was one of my many vices. It was probably the longest-running vice, although not as consistent as some, it was always one of my main things. And DXM is like a weird drug. Not a lot of people have a ton of experience with it. Some people robo-trip a couple times. They get sick from it. They're like, never again.
1: And then there's people like us who just feel the terror and are like, I want to do this all the
0: time. Yeah, and so I did it for eight years, and... I started at a really high dose and I never lowered it basically. And as a result, there's this whole lingo jargon that goes with DXM where they talk about plateaus and there's plateaus one through four. And then there's the Sigma plateau, which is like when basically you're having a, a waking DXM trip where like you don't even realize you're tripping anymore. And it's, it becomes something more akin to like a Benadryl trip where you're having vivid, uh, Delirium hallucinations, where you can't distinguish the hallucination from reality, etc., etc., etc. But a big part of the way I always did it was that, and it's a light sensitive drug. So, like, if you've ever taken mushroom or acid or really good ecstasy that's like properly MDMA, you get geometric patterns, you get trails, you get a lot of colors. It's like all the colors of the rainbow, with a, at least for me, always a specifically heavy influence of greens and purples. And you have a sort of reliable visual aesthetic that you can count on with those drugs. And I always thought, like, mushrooms was way more fluid geometry, where uh, acid was much more squares and trapezoids and, and hard-angle geometry. I actually agree with that. But... DXM is like a completely different thing. Those drugs are all about being in the light time, being in the forest, seeing the interplay of all the things together. Whereas DXM works at its best, in my experience, in pitch blackness. And in this pitch blackness, you are provided with a canvas to see an unlimited variety of shapes and visions and have experiences that are both out of body and not out of body, but sort of are unlike any other drug other than ketamine or PCP, to my understanding. I've never done PCP. I've only done ketamine once, and I didn't take enough to have uh, hardcore hallucinations, in part, I think, because my tolerance with DXM, which acts in the same way, essentially, is so high, was so high. I presume it's probably still high if I was to relapse today five years later. But regardless, so the way I would do it is I would take my, my DXM... And then after about an hour, it starts to kick in and I would somewhere in between an hour and an hour and a half lay down, put on music, normally a big, like two to three hour playlist that would be meticulously curated to sort of peak at the appropriate times and all the rest, though it's not like the fun peaking of acid and go off into never, never land. And while there was always, you never knew what you were going to get. It wasn't consistent like acid, which is part of what makes it so amazing, but you would get these, uh, it would normally start similarly for me, where if I was in a room, I would be staring at the ceiling because I'm normally lying on a couch or on the bed, and there would be gradients in the shadows because of the ambient lighting coming from outside through the blinds or the curtains or whatever it was. Maybe there's a nightlight somewhere. Ideally, you want to be in as dark of a room as possible, but having uh, these gradients in the shadows would... Add to the early hallucinations, which would often start as shadow people. And so it would be like if there were blinds in the room and the light cut across in a diagonal line across the ceiling so that there were two different levels of grayness on the line, people would start to come out. And it would be in a certain way like the scene in Beavis and Butthead do America where they (laughs) eat peyote in the desert by accident. And Butthead starts seeing all these demons. No, is it Beavis sees all the demons coming out of Butthead? I forget which way it was in that scene. But regardless, it's kind of like that where they start to spring forth. But they were very much of like a shadow people-esque kind of a thing. And I had it other times when I stayed up on uppers for days in a row and was like hallucinating because of sleep deprivation, which was infinitely more terrifying because that was normally accompanied by whispers in the walls and like feeling like my bones were going to like climb out of my skin and stuff like that. Not so great, but on DXM, you essentially, like, retard your motor skills to a point where you have none, and if you're at a really high dose, like, you're just, at least for me, I was, like, catatonic, and it was generally, like, something I did by myself. It's not really a party drug, and uh, so I would lay there, and the shadow people would start to come out of the walls and out of the, like, the gradients in the shadow, and then they would just do stuff, and they would never generally, like, come on my, like, towards my body. There's just
1: Steve the shadow person over in the corner doing his taxes.
0: Yeah, like, it would be, it would be, it was never there, it was almost always nefarious in nature, like, in the way that they would present themselves, in part because it's such an alien phenomena. But just, like, they're shadow people. Like, they're dark, they're scary, they, like, look, like, tall and skinny and, with like, you know, sort of pitchfork type of a thing. And, but I would have, like... Uh, consistently decreasing awareness of my own body. So it wasn't like I was worried for myself because, like, I was... This, uh, it wasn't really, like, ego death in the way that some other drugs provide, like DMT or other things. But it was still, like, a uh, just a lack of self that was... Like, there wasn't an ego that ever existed once I hit the certain point of no return. Of course, I happily did return. But, like, you know, mentally where it was just, like, I just wasn't aware that I ever was a human being. Like, I was essentially... This camera recording insanity, but it, and like, and then it was like instantly being replayed for myself, but without any like meaning attached to anything. It's like the ultimate level of detachment. So you just see insanity, but have no way to like process it as like this is crazy because you're no longer a conscious human being. And in those experiences, or like you know, over the years, I had things that are similar to what we've discussed and similar to some of these stories but it was always a lot less personal. So it wasn't particularly terrifying. And it was also the reason that I took DXM. Like it was like having waking nightmares in the way that I like to me, the way I can like process what sleep paralysis might be like. And there is one particular time I can remember from college where I had been listening to a lot of IRM, which is a Swedish power electronics band. And in my DXM trip, I was conscious of my body. And I was like basically wrapped up with rope and then I was lifted up on my feet and like hung upside down from a meat hook. And then I was on a conveyor belt uh, that just drug me through like this sort of abattoir meets haunted house nightmare scenario where like people in sort of somewhere between like biohazard suits and slaughterhouse suits were examining me and all this kind of like really crazy unpleasant shit. And then I came too. But, like, for me, that was a desired result of this drug because I'm a fucking lunatic. And so, like, the more terrifying, the better. And I was also, like, listening to IRM while it was happening. So it was fucking intense. (laughs) But, like...
1: Do you think it counts as a relapse if we induce sleep paralysis
0: in you? No. I don't think so. But we should do it? I don't think... I don't know that it works that way. But I will say that I also used to have lots of lucid dreams. And... I went through a long period of well I guess I guess it it's all relative but for about a year and a half in high school I had a period where I was taking DXM so regularly that I was having a difficult time remembering when things were a hallucination versus when they were the lucid dreams I was having versus when it was real so like my timeline from my junior year to basically like two months before I graduated from high school is really fucked up. And I don't really like remember a lot. And when I was going through it, it was like, it was like having deja vu every second of every day while simultaneously having no recollection of like what I was doing, where I was going and like how I was moving forward with my life. And like, I managed to get accepted into college and a bunch of (laughs) other stuff during that period. Like it wasn't all bad, but During that time period, like, the dreams I would have... And then, like, I'd have conversations with people about, like, hallucinations and dreams that they were like, what the fuck are you talking about? Because, like, I was sure that they were there because in the hallucination or dream they were. And it was quite disturbing to some of my friends who suggested that I may want to stop taking copious amounts of DXM. I didn't listen, but they did make the suggestion, as good friends often do. And, uh... Yeah, that's really the extent i don't think i've ever experienced sleep paralysis as far as i know i do still have very vivid they're not always like they're mostly not on the level of lucid dreams anymore but i have a particularly good ability to remember my dreams pretty in depth and i do occasionally still have nightmares that are so horrific that i'll wake up and then be terrified to go back to sleep and then if i do i continue to have them but they're normally they're not like I'm in my bedroom and seeing things that they're it'll be like I've killed somebody and or you know oftentimes I've taken a life and I'm having to account for it and it, it's <laughs> never good so but uh yeah I mean that's that's essentially you know I one of my close friends has had experiences with sleep paralysis I, I've definitely had Benadryl trips that sort of are similar to it but one of the few things I can say I never... As far a, as weird shit happening to me, never
1: happened. I had a very uh, interesting, accidental, ambient trip that was very similar to, like, some of the things they describe with, like, lights and, and ribbons of light and stuff. Because I wasn't trying. I was trying to go to sleep, and I just didn't fall asleep because I have very bad insomnia. Yeah. So I was prescribed that stuff long before I was sober. And it's funny because, like, I used to have these recurring... I don't know if i call them nightmares but like i did have like a weird sense of dread where i'd wake up and mind you this is like when i was young very yeah. young young enough to be in a car seat where i'd wake up in the back of my parents car in my car seat and the car would be driving itself along these dark roads so like when you were 20 yeah when i was 20 yeah
0: yeah i mean it it's it's super interesting i one of the things that One of the reasons I thought this was a particularly interesting idea for an episode, so there's an excellent magazine called Bardo Methodology, which is written by, I'm pretty sure the guy's Greek, and he interviews different artists in the metal world uh, or visual and other types of artists that are related to the metal world um, about, like, in these very in-depth interviews that go much further than your general thing, and he's super knowledgeable of the bands he's talking about, and it seems... I don't I don't the name doesn't ring a bell for me but I'm not like super huge into the metal world but I guess he's been around for a really long time so he knows a lot of people and is able to sort of pick up in interviews way past the point where like most ones are you know like way past the superficial bullshit and in the most recent issue Bardo Methodology 3 the cover which I'm showing to Ben and I'll post on the Instagram is this demon standing over a skeleton with uh, a clock and runes and bells and stuff behind it, and it is a visual representation of sleep paralysis because the majority of the people he interviews in issue three all suffer from sleep paralysis. And oh wow, one of the for me most interesting, I think that um, the guy from impetuous ritual and one of the guys from grave upheaval uh, who are interviewed in the magazine, they both suffer from sleep paralysis. Uh, the guys from Alter of Perversion, I think, has it, and there's a couple other people. They all talk about their experiences, and I've reviewed Portal on this uh, podcast several times in the past, and talked about my love for them. Portal is an incredible experimental or avant-garde, whatever you want to call it. I just think of them as an extremely good death metal band from Australia, but they they tap into a Lovecraftian horror that is. More Lovecraftian than anything else has ever tried to be. I mean, Lovecraft and horror, or Lovecraft and heavy metal rather, have been hand in hand since the '70s, and they Portal takes it into like a so much more. Like it is what Tentacle you. Tentacle ma- fingers. Yeah, like well, it's not just their their live presentation in which the curator wears. He has this Bride of Cthulhu costume he was wearing for a while and some stuff like that. But the the sound is like a never-ending vortex and their albums became increasingly bassy and dissonant up until Ion, which totally flipped the script and they went super clean, but it's just a different side of that same Lovecraftian coin. But uh, both the curator and Horologium, who are the two original founding members, suffer from sleep paralysis and they talk about specifically on the Vexavoid album Many of the songs, I think it was Curtains or maybe it was uh, Orb uh, orb Morpheus. No, yeah, that's the one. It's like something, I think it's Orb Morpheus, uh, was specifically about these spider creatures that I think the curator sees on a regular basis during his sleep paralysis, which are like these hideous... If you've ever played Bloodborne, they look like Rom the Vacuous Spider. Oh. So imagine that you're falling asleep and this, like, huge, almost like rock bodied thing that has, like, infinite eyes and huge tendril legs, like, comes out and is, like, spinning you up in a fucking web and sucking out your soul and that kind of shit. Like, that's that dude's life. And, um, it sounds pretty fucking horrifying. The song they made for it, or. Or Morpheus. Ah, oh, that's going to bother the shit out of me. But Orb Morphea. Ah, oh, fuck. Anyways, Vex Void is fucking awesome album. The whole artwork is all basically speaks to this nightmare fuel and um it's it's apparently quite an inspiration for several people in the metal world if Bardo methodology is to so be believed. Highly recommend the magazine, highly recommend everything portals put out. Vex Void probably being my favorite. But yeah. Cool, spooky. Cool cool, strong. It's, it's. I mean, it's interesting, but it really does sound fucking terrifying. Yeah, it like, sounds
1: absolutely awful, and more so than any other thing we've covered, this is, for some reason, like, I honestly think it's partially due to watching The Nightmare, because just hearing that guy be like, yeah, I never even heard about it, and then my girlfriend told me about it, and then that night I suffered from it, and I'm like, oh, fuck.
0: Well, because I think one of the reasons that this is such a terrifying idea, or, like, disorder to have is because everybody has to sleep so it's like if this is part of like if you know every night you have to sleep essentially and so if you suffer from this like there there's nothing you can do you can't remove sleep from your life I mean you could do meth for a long time and then die but that seems like a bummer too so you're just kind of fucked
1: yeah exactly so that is our terrifying episode on sleep paralysis perhaps Uh, Flexlexa will be back on our next non-bearded dick episode. Maybe not. Who knows? Discuss it amongst yourself. She's definitely not
0: dead. Yeah, we'll post a picture of her with a newspaper if they still make them soon so that you know she's definitely not dead. And it won't be a week into Bernie's. She'll be... We'll have motion blur. You'll know she's moving.
1: And she definitely won't just be recordings of her on a yak back (laughs) on the next episode.
0: Although that would be awesome, that would be a just 10-second samples. <laughs> I'm Flex Alexa. I'm alive. <laughs> all Get right,
1: back. guys. We will see you in the next episode. Later, yeah, nerd. and,
0: and nope. before we end it, I just want to say thank you to all of our listeners out there. We we hugely appreciate support, the support you're giving us. Um, you know, thank you to everyone who follows us on Instagram and on Facebook. Hopefully, you guys are enjoying the additional content we've been providing a wave of excellent memes created by dick fetty (laughs) Fetty. (laughs) wow you are ben the beardo i am dick by ben the fucking beardo he's been crushing it on that meme train lately and uh you know we're we're excited really excited about the stuff we've got coming up for you guys in the next couple episodes
1: and hopefully you've been enjoying the bearded dicks musical fun time Dick Fetti and I are having a lot of fun with it, yeah. Uh, And I think you know it allows us to get more down to the nitty gritty of our main show of Motel Hell. And thank you for all the new people who have been giving us reviews. That is awesome. We love to see feedback. As always, if you have anything to say to us, you can reach us on Instagram at Motel Hell Podcast at on Facebook. Under Motel Hell Podcast.
0: Yeah, it's the same. It's it's always Motel Hell Podcast. And, uh, you know, rate and review if you can. That's great. It kind of gets our name out there a little bit. Like, we're not doing a Patreon, and I don't think we're going to do one anytime soon. We, you know, we don't make any money from this. But, you know, like anything that people make, we want to share it with as many people as possible. Just uh, hopefully somebody else will enjoy it the way we enjoy making it. So, Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Later, nerds.
1: Later, nerds.